0: back to the Guidepost to Crossroads, and I am your host, William Ramada, and I am opening up today with a poem called, What's the Point? The point of life exists as you. You are the point to your own truth. What's a reference without its point? Your lens exists to split the coin. But if we sit within the veil, we choose the way that's doomed to fail. One life exists among the sails to float as free within each tail. It kind of lines up with uh, what I want to talk about today. And that is who people that do quantum physics, artificial intelligence, And it's so strange because we have all this knowledge, but we don't have the slightest idea about the nature of ourselves. And I think this is because we have attempted to know ourselves through this accumulation of all these different mental concepts. And all these different mental concepts we have, they build up to our Self image I guess you could say that And as I look at it Mental concepts can't be Too stable And so our self image Is always going through Continual changes And you can see that If you don't see that in your own life You can see it in other people's lives Where They're constantly reinventing themselves But if you just take a look at yourself though When you were 12 years old We think we are a certain way. And then we turn 20 years old. And then we believe we are in that certain way. And this goes on throughout our lives. So we always think that our current image is the most accurate one, of course, right? Because we're living now. So this is me. Right now, this is me. But... (laughs) And what I find out in my case is we end up wrong every time. And we look back at ourselves a few years later and we say, man, that was stupid. Why did I say that? Or that wasn't really me. You know, and so this is what I mean by our these concepts are just not stable. You know, most people, they believe that there is something within us that makes you, you, you know, this this characteristic that is uniquely unique to you, that will never change and will continue forever and ever. Well, if you believe in heaven or life after death, what form are you going to take after life? Because if it resembles your physical form at whatever biological age you are when you die, which form are you going to identify? Are are you going to be the younger form or the older form? And isn't life always in a continuous change? And if our afterlife form does resemble our physical form, then why does our physical form when we die and get buried or whatever why does it disintegrate at all another question is what happens if we get cremated like I plan on doing you know do you think that the creator would recreate the exact same thing again somewhere maybe like on another planet or something after transforming the original Are these questions you ever think about? And like this. Would the creator create the same thing over and over? Like, say we're not the first form of life that he made, and there's another planet somewhere. Do they look like us? Do they act like us? Or if there's going to be more, are they going to be different? Why would he create the same thing over and over? Hm, huh. you know, don't know. And then there's this thing too, since we're talking about who are you, why do we attach ourselves so much to these forms, these, these physical bodies that we have? I don't know. Is it, is it because we cannot face the fact that our physical and psychological form will come to an end someday? <clears throat> we, we know it's going to happen. And do we not see that every living thing has to relinquish, relinquish its body when it comes to death? Every animal, everything, the trees, animals, people... You know, whatever that has a beginning will have an end. And as forms, we will too. And if we cannot bring our forms with us, then why why would we have a belief in heaven or what good are carnal and mental pleasures without a form? You know, you ever hear the saying, you know, you come to earth naked, you're going to leave naked. Right? So you kind of wonder sometimes what would be the point. I think a lot of it too is throughout our lives we have been deeply ingrained with this belief that me is a character of fixed 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 traits if I could say it right. And we learned this from you know I've said this before for various kinds of media, you know, um, ever since childhood. The books we read, the movies we watch, the TV shows, and even in video games. And we, we always see that the characters are portrayed with mixed or fixed personality, rather. They have motives and capabilities, and the character developments occur in such a believable manner no, I mean, you watch movies and you're like, "Wow. Yeah, that's 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 the way it is." <laughs> and if you watch series of TV shows, you know, if you watch something that's been on for like 20 seasons, you don't even have to go that far. You can see the development of the characters and you get into it so much and it's like it's so believable and you're like, "Wow, that is just like real life, right?" And we take these mental concepts... And I think we put them into our own lives like that. You know... uh, You know, we see that people in the real world... Are also treated... As a character with fixed traits too. And what I mean by that is like... If you take a public figure... You know, we watch these public figures all the time. It could be politicians or actors, whatever. It doesn't matter. And we watch them on TV or in your Twitters or papers or whatever you do. And you see they make like a major decision in their life. Maybe a career move or some kind of lifestyle choice, which you see nowadays a lot or maybe even a new ideologies, right? And they typically have to provide some kind of justification, some kind of reason for their actions. Isn't that, you know, unbelievable, right? Because how often do you have to do that in your life? <laughs> but my point for that is, if their justification does not align with our conception of who they were in the past, then we make up all these hidden motives according to how we understand them. You know, if the public figure's actions, say, significantly deviate from what we think they should do, then you probably find yourself saying things like, man, has he lost his mind? He got brainwashed. He lost his way. He's no longer himself. Hmm. And that's because the mental concept that we have of them, right? The way we see somebody on a movie or a TV show, it's not the way that they are in real life. And heck, half the time that you see them on TV, when they're not portraying a um, a position in a movie or doing their politics speech, um, they probably don't act like that anyway in their real lives but we portray them as that because that's how we see them so when we do see that they make these choices we definitely think they're out of their minds we see this a lot in sports too you see a star athlete you know they go out on the court or out on the field or whatever and all of a sudden they don't do uh, the best job that they usually do right then we'd hear the sports commentator always saying things, I don't know who was playing that game. <laughs> or, boy, he did not show up today, did he, guys? You know, just some something like that, you know? Somebody must have drugged this guy because he wasn't performing the way we always expected him to, to play. And the public always constructs the narrative surrounding athletes' performances, right? And how important the game was and the rival- rivalry, if I could ever say that word, of these two teams, you know, Army, Navy, you know, and the circumstances leading up to the game, everything that's happened before and the history and it makes you, you know, so that you, you can feel we know what kind of player they are based on their performance, and bam, it didn't happen. and Here we go, let's start it because of our mental constructs. Now, if a star athlete repeatedly deviates from the kind of performance that we expect from him, then we develop our own narratives about the athlete. He must be going through personal issues. His heart's not in the game anymore. He's no longer the player that he used to be. (laughs) All these things going through your head, you're talking to your buddies, you know, it's like, what's going on with this guy? If a star athlete only underperforms in crucial games, then we call him names, (laughs) you know, like, oh, not clutch or a choker or, you know, or, or just things like that, right? You you'd probably come up with many more, but, you know, I kind of don't watch sports much anymore just because I think it went, went too far to the political side a lot of times. And, and just it, sports has changed so much with all the different rules and all that stuff. So I just like, I don't even bother. Once in a while I watch because I still love the game but but to get back to the point you know the statements that we make about other people you know they may they may be true relative to certain contexts but you know uh i don't want to be too concerned with the truthful truthfulness of statements rather i would like to be pointing out our tendency to to project images and narratives about other people and then take those images to be true. Because just because we see somebody in our mind like that, it doesn't mean it's true. And because then we do not see people, including ourselves, as they are. And I think you really understand that. So instead, we can only see images, which would be a distortion of reality, right? Because, like I said earlier, the way we see somebody on TV or performing on a stage is probably not who they really are in reality. But we have this fictional, fictional world, and this fictional world rarely treats all the characters equally either. The fictional world always treats the, the character um, in a way to illustrate their intended value, which always resides in some form of quality, You know, like their appearance, their personality, maybe their capability, all the different achievements that they made, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And this happens in the real world as well. We see that celebrities like actors, artists, and athletes, you know, they're all judged on a similar set of criteria in the media outlets. Are they not? Think about it a little bit. The ones who compare favorably in those criteria get showered with all the attention and the praises while the other ones that are lacking in those criteria get neglected and made fun of. You know, in the world of tolerance, the media has no tolerance, right? (laughs) And uh, such discriminative social dynamics like this reinforce the belief that all a human being is is their worth and their qualities, And you you can see that we become increasingly identified with these qualities. You can see it in your job, you know, by by all the skills that you have there. I'm sure somebody that's highly skilled and educated and has all these certificates or whatever are treated much differently than somebody who doesn't. The same way with sports and just regular life you know but as I see it we are not all character characters our beliefs we're not our capabilities and frankly you know our, our personalities can change at random without good exp- explainable reasons I know I'm Mine does. Uh, you know, I could shift in a heartbeat, right? So I'm sure I'm not the only one like that. You know, personalities change. And this is why we have so many problems in our relationships. You know, we treat other people as if we are going to remain the same person throughout our entire life. And we get mad at them when they break their word. But how can anybody keep this word? You know, it's like two people can grow up together, but they become two separate people. It doesn't mean that we get mad at them because they've changed, because you've changed as well. I mean, maybe you just don't see it. You could say, I've been the same person for 20 years. Well, no, you haven't. Remember how we talked earlier, you look back on 12 years old, 20 years old, you're totally different. You know, and their word is made by their past self who had an entirely different situation. You had an entirely different ideology and emotional state, which is almost like an entirely different person. And That's why a lot of marriages probably fail these days because, you know, 50% of the time is because you grow together and you both change. You you know, you you try to grow together, but I guess ultimately you probably don't always. You have to uh, deal and you adjust and, you know, and come together somehow. You can see this a lot where people will say things about political figures. Well, he said this back in 1986 when he was a senator. Now he's a president and he's saying this. Well, he could be lying now, but maybe he just changed. Maybe he, I think Obama said, well, I evolved when he was talking about some issue. I don't remember what it was about, if it was the gays or or whatever, he said, I evolved, and that happens. I mean, it's a politician, so you don't know. It could be lying, you know, but anybody could be lying. But if it's somebody you see every day and you see this change gradually, you know they're not lying. You know that they are changing. But the whole point of that is people change in their ideology. They change in their situational life. They, they change in their emotional state. And we can't get mad at them and hate them for this. You know, and to most of us, to me, myself, is like an idea. Uh, You're like a story. And this story that exists only within our memory and without the memory of me, it disappears. Um, if you believe in reincarnation and are trying to live a virtuous life so that your next life can be better, what is it that you're going to carry over? You know, without your memory, you would be a completely different person. Just like how you don't feel like you were ever reincarnated into your current life now because you have no recollection of who you were in the past lives, right? So you don't know what mistakes you made that you can't make now. I guess as a, well, excuse me, a kind of a, It's a good thing about right now. You can look in your past and you can say, okay, I did this, this, and this. So maybe I should do it different now that I'm older. But maybe you shouldn't, I mean, because you never know what's going to turn out. That's why I always say if I went to the past, I probably wouldn't change anything because your life could turn out to be terrible. It could turn out to be great too, but you never know. So why why change it? I mean, it depends what the risk is, what, what you want to risk. I want to get off topic here. All right, so if you strongly identify yourself, say, as your biology and believe that you is being carried over, say, by genetic information, then after you die and wake up in another body with different genes, and how would you treat your, your previous genetic line? and you probably wouldn't know, So, but let's just say you do, would you treat them as other than you, as a competitor? And in the same way, if, if, if you strongly identify yourself as an idea and believe that you is being carried over, say, via the opinions of other people, that after you die, you wake up in another body. How would you treat your previous character? Ah, uh, There could be some weird questions you could ask because you, you're never really going to know. But if you do know, suppose you were regarded as the greatest basketball player of all time in your previous life and you turn out to be another basketball player again in this life. So would you treat your previous character as someone to surpass? Or would you just do what you can now and not even think about it? Would you think of your other character as a hindrance to you becoming the greatest in this life? And would you feel like you have to live in its shadow? So I guess it's a good it's a good thing if you don't remember your past lives because you want to go into this life and do the best you can and make different choices i think i would rely too much on my memory if i could remember and try to make different choices and i'd probably just blow everything all up so i'd just prefer not to know just if something does come up you know if you have a deja vu like I've done this before. What should I do? And I've had that before. You know, should I change or should I not change? And I sit thinking about that. You know, I'm like, oh, what the hell? I just just do do something. You know, because you really don't know how it's gonna turn out. You know, what if you are what if you are in every single sentient being simultaneously? You know, how would you treat the other beings? Would you harbor hatred, jealousy and envy towards them? Probably not because you're in all of them, right? And I think I believe that we all are. And that's one reason why we should treat each other with love and respect but we obviously don't do that you know because if you're part of something why would you treat it terrible that's what makes sense to me even memory is ultimately unreliable you know, especially in my mind, because my memory sucks a lot of times. And you you may have faint memories of being different people or creatures in your dreams, but when you wake up, their reality is entirely gone, as if they never existed. You know, because you wake up, you know, oh, it was a dream. But even the memories of your own past feel kind of like a dream, don't they? I mean, a lot of times I don't remember things. And then my sisters will say something like, Remember this, remember that, and it kind of comes back to you a little bit. And you're like, I do, but it is faint, you know. It is like a dream. And if you ever I know I'm talking to the digital age now, but my wife kept pictures and picture albums. <laughs> so if you ever went to a picture album and you look back, say ten 20 thirty years ago you can't fathom ever being that person think about it, because that reality is entirely gone and will never happen again there's there's a kind of unrealness to them. you're younger and you dress differently and you're like wow, that is different and what continues from form to form. It's formless, unchanging, and everlasting. It's the only thing that continues. And it has no objective qualities. It is that which knows your experience. You're, you're the pure witness, the soul of what the soul, your awareness, God. That is everything. But if you don't experientially know it is a fact. Then you can only believe in it or you don't. But neither can you bring... Neither can... What's the best way to say that? None of those can bring you closer to the truth. One direct way of knowing it is simply by asking yourself. What is it that is aware of my experience. And that answer is either there or it isn't. You either know or you don't. You cannot invent an answer through through thought because if you do, then it'll be just another belief, right? It's going to be another theory which can be challenged, it can be changed and taken away from you. You know, to hold on to your beliefs, you need to constantly protect them. So inevitably, it will turn your belief versus my belief, and your God versus my God, which is a cause to a lot of conflicts, most conflicts we see in religions, right? Lao Tzu said, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. You know, God is nameless because when we come up with names for him, because he, she, it, God, universe, s- source, it's so big, it's the beginning, it's the end, it's everything. You know, you cannot really name Him. See, most people think that consciousness is personal, and that means that it carries their personal identity with its memories, its beliefs, and on and on. So, if they could upload their consciousness to a new body, then they could experience the world through the lens of the identity of their body. But people are equating their identity to consciousness. The identity is memory, which is form. It is um, the content of consciousness, but not consciousness in itself. Consciousness is formless. It's unmanifested, which is the source for all, all manifestations. It's the source of all phenomena. You know, people are mistaking our form, our bodies, for the formless. And the consequence for that source, the movie for the screen, and it's not. Uh, Our ability to experience and our ability to experience from a certain memory are two different things. If you had amnesia or dementia, then the you with all your memories would disappear but you can still experience things, right? Just because you don't remember it doesn't mean you can't have the experience. So the question is, are you memory or are you consciousness? And my guess would be consciousness. <clears throat> you guys know I like Alan Watts, and he wrote this. We learn very thoroughly." Thoroughly to identify ourselves with an equally conventional view of myself, for the conventional self or person is composed mainly of history, consisting of selected memories. According to convention, I am not simply what I am doing now. I am also what I have done, and my conventionally edited version of my past is made to seem Almost more the real me than what I am at this moment. For what I am seems so fleeting and intangible, but what I was is fixed and final. It is the firm basis for predictions of what I will be in the future, and so it comes about that I am more closely identified with what no longer exists than. It actually is. <clears throat> and he said that in his book, The Way of Zen. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to wrap this up here shortly. Ah, yeah. I, I don't have much <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Because people have mistaken their memories for consciousness, um, then they then they continually think that they can somehow separate their mind from their body, and you see that a lot. And I just don't believe you can. Our mind, its memories and its beliefs, is the composition of all the physical elements in our body. They react and they act together. They have this chemical process. You know, the chemical processes in the body are reflected as the psychological process in the mind. And you can't separate the two. So if you have some psychological stuff going on and you're stressed, it reacts to the body. Uh, if, you're, if you're feeling really loving and kind in your heart, you can feel it in your heart. It reacts into your brain, and they, they go back and forth, back and forth. Anger reacts in the body, etc. etc. So if the physical composition changes... <clears throat> Like a brain injury, we hear a lot about that these days because of football and because of our soldiers. Then the, the the physiological or psychological composition's gonna change. You're gonna have memory loss, change of personality, and things like that. We've we've seen that because of bombs blown off and soldiers hitting their heads or boxers for years. We've seen how they change throughout the years because they're constantly getting hit in the head. Football players, the same way. So if the brain is damaged, then psychologically you're getting damaged. There was a book called A Change of Heart where, uh, Claire Sylvia wrote about her experiences after going, undergoing a heart and lung transplant. Her personality and cravings started to change after she had the transplant. And when she later discovered who her donor was, she found out that her newly developed cravings and personality were similar to the cravings and personality of that donor. You know, the body had the... M- The body and the mind are intrinsically connected. All physical forms carry an energy frequency that is reflected in the psychological form. And all forms are the vibrations of the same formless energy. And that is called your consciousness. So this brings me back to our original question. Who are you? I think if you sit down, you think about life, you, your accomplishments, what do you think are important to you? You're going to figure that out. And my advice to you is not to classify yourself as your accomplishments. It's good to have accomplishments. It's good to have goals. It's good to have desires. But those material things are not you. Sit down. Figure out who you are. What do you care about the most? What What is in your heart that you want to do? And You've you got to figure out who you are. But be who your consciousness is. Don't be the mental constructs that have been given you your whole life. And it's not too late. You could be 60 years old and figure that out. It's never too late. Because we are a people. We are human. And we grow. We are not the same at 12, 20, 50 and we're never going to be the same to the day that we die and decompose. So, there's nothing wrong with who you are. Just begin to realize who you are. And that's the end of today. If you have any comments or questions, please don't hesitate to leave them behind. Um, This episode is brought to us by the wonderful... Culture vegan joint in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If you're over here in Virginia Beach, go check it out. Delicious, nice little coffee shop. All right, we love you guys, you beautiful souls. So it is a better life.